Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. This is Sean York. And this is Hannah Gorham. And today we're going to be talking about, this is an episode about influence. It's called Anyone Can Lead. And it is based on the most common question that we get when people visit us, which is... Can anyone be a leader? Can anyone be a leader? So we're just going to answer it right off the bat. You don't even have to listen. But but before we do, uh, how was your week, Hannah? This has been a really depressing one, Sean, for real. This is the end of January 2020, and January has been two months long. <laughs> yeah, this has been a long month. But yeah, Sunday was just this crazy helicopter crash. We were actually at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because my dad sent me a text and said, you know, the Kobe Bryant helicopter thing. And I just, we were walking through, and I was literally like looking at people at Disneyland, looking at their phone with their mouth open. I realize like they're all getting the same news that I like are processing it the same way. So yeah, you could really like feel it. I mean, so many different local families also like involved, but just to lose like that childhood idol, it was crazy. And it really does get you thinking about how short the life is and what's worth holding on to and what's not. Well, speaking of that, it's been about two weeks, two or three weeks since our last episode. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I got to do was it was my son's birthday. Mm-hmm. Capono. Yeah. Well, he always likes, he's a mama's boy and always likes spending time with Lonnie. And so when he said that for his birthday, he wanted me to take him on a trip. I was like, we're going to do it. This is so cool. <laughs> yes. Go make those memories. I cannot believe he's nine. And uh, that was super cool. He actually, it was just a trip with me and him. We went to New York and I just, we did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It was so cute because he was asking about it for like in November. (laughs) He was trying to ask me which plane tickets cost what because he knew that we were going to New York. We, and we wore matching clothes and everything. It was (laughs) awesome. So like I was saying, we get this question a lot when people visit and they say, you know, can, can anyone be a leader? And, you know, kids come through, young kids and some that are extremely just influential right off the bat. There are some that come in and they're really quiet and timid. We have had some that, you know, you struggle with and it's tough. Those are the toughest, some of the toughest conversations to have. But through those conversations and through what comes next is really lessons in growing influence. And I like to say growing influence from scratch because <laughs> some of the people that we hire come in and they just, they, they don't, are not all that influential. They don't have it. <laughs> but we have to, in our business, we have to grow leaders. That's what we have to do uh, because people are going to grow and they're going to move on and we just have to keep growing leaders. So this is episode 14, Anyone Can Lead. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them. And we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York and love works here. So about five years ago, I had a team of directors and I had a great training director. I think we hired him when he was just starting college and he worked for us for a few years and then he finished college and right as he was finishing up college, then his schedule opened up and so he became our training director and he was awesome. Then shortly after, I mean, he maybe a year was in that role and then he moved on and it was so frustrating because we had these directors and there was this idea that to be a director, you need to be like this college age and, but in college, their schedule wasn't really 
open enough to be a director. So it was really like after they graduated college. So we were getting directors that were college graduates, but they were also moving towards their career. And so it was just, we were, it was this revolving door of like, right when we needed them, they would leave. And so it was this realization that like, we have to grow leaders just at a younger age. We were bringing people up in, in hiring them, but they weren't becoming leaders quick enough. What if we could take team members and turn them into team leads quicker so that we could turn them into directors quicker. So that was a really tough spot in the business that we had to work through. I had a friend one time that he said, it's like Kentucky basketball. We don't have four years. If you're going to be a champion, like you've got to teach freshmen to be champions immediately. We went on this, this season of how do we take someone? And currently it was taking three years to become from like entry level to leadership. How do we cut that in half? And a lot of them, what we were finding is these team members, they were hitting a wall and some of them were, were breaking through that wall and growing their influence really fast. And others just, they couldn't figure it out. I would say in the past, maybe five years ago, I could bring somebody in at he was 17 years old and most of our leaders were 21, 22, 23. Yeah. So, so that's already like made three their way to five college. years, three to five years that it would take to, to produce a really good leader. Uh, now, fast forward today, we have just at Hidden Valley. So tell me. Yeah. Shout we out just, to we just, Madison. If she's listening, <laughs> she just turned in her team leader list. I think she's at like seven or eight months in. And so how she, old is she? 18. Okay. So she's going to be a key carrier. Uh, should she get through this process? It's... Uh, she will. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but we just also had uh, somebody come in and entry level, went from entry level to becoming a team lead in also less than a year, just yeah. very recently. Majority was, I think, 11 months. Yeah. So that we've, we've been able to speed that up a lot. And, you know, those two people, they... They interviewed. They interviewed really well. And you thought to yourself, like, this is going to be a future leader. Sure. But we do. I mean, I'm not going to name names or anything in that regard, but we do have team members who come in. They're really timid. They they interview well. They're, you know, courteous and respectful, but you're like, oh, I don't know. But they come in and they really do surprise us. They like like that wall you were talking about. Yeah, they break right through it. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But these like timid people we've also seen like turn into these really well-equipped leaders. So we'll talk about that right now. And, uh, and I'll say that the two things that I think that hold potential leaders back the most. The ones that tend to struggle are the timid ones. That is a problem sometimes. They're just too timid. The next one is sometimes people have others working against them. Like they they want to be a leader, but sometimes they are just other people holding them back. And that's a real thing, unfortunately. That's that's an actual thing, but you know, even even some of our directors who we have today went through that process where they had to multiple win people over. <laughs> they had to win some hearts over and they had some work to do. So let's start with the first one. And I'm going to give, this is tips for timid people. <laughs> We've and, never been one of those. And, and, and for training through uh, if you're working with a timid person. Now are you so, speaking a little, a little to yourself right now? Growing up, I think in high school, like I was, I was like that in high school. I was very, I didn't interview well as an you introvert. You have to tell like, them about McDonald's. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I did get a job at McDonald's when I was in high school and I had a best friend who was, he was the guy who anything he interviewed for, he got the job. And so when I was working there, they said, do you have any friends? And I said, oh yeah, my best friend. And, and so I said, hey, do you want a job here? And he came in and he, I, I remember seeing him interview and he was like sitting up straight, straighter than I sit. <laughs> It's like, man, he's going to get the job. And he totally did. They hired him on the spot. And then he never showed up. He did. He just, ah, I don't think I want to work there. And, um, but we had interviewed at other places and he would get the job instantly. And I always struggled. So I know what it's like. I know how that is, but this is me with other decades of experience. So <laughs> we had a girl, I'm not going to say her name. I'll call her Stephanie. That wasn't her name. She was, she came in, she was a hard worker. She would work harder than most people. 
if we told her to clean the playland, I can remember this girl coming out of the playland, sweating, like her hair was all messed up and she's got sweat running down her face. I'm like, what were you doing? And she's like, I was cleaning the playland. Nobody ever sweats that much cleaning <laughs> the playland. She was just a hard worker. She, she would always say like that she would work unto the Lord. You know, she would just, she was just a great worker, but she was also, she was very sweet. She was a homeschool girl. Like she had came from a family of like eight. She was very sweet. One of their best customer service people. Uh, she just wasn't influential. And she started working on her checklist. And everyone was excited for her because it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they just, all loved her. Yeah, everybody loved her. But when it came time to actually say, is this girl a leader? Should we actually put, you know, a leader uniform on her? We kept saying, like, if something bad happened, nobody's going to go to her. Even if she has a team lead shirt on, they're going to go to someone else. And we're just going to be paying for somebody who's not leading. So we had to work through that. And the first thing started with a conversation of, you're not ready. We need to grow your influence. And that was a real challenge for us. So if you are one of those people, or if you are working on grooming one of these people, here are some tips. So the first one, finish your job as quickly as you possibly can, and then aggressively seek opportunities to serve others. You make a statement when you show people that you can do the job quicker than anyone else. That already makes a statement. And usually the timid people want to serve. Like they want to serve other people. It sends a statement also that if I have spare time, the first thing I want to do is make your job easier. And it kind of puts you at a higher level and says like, I finished mine before you did and I'm here to help you. Serving gains influence. Just by serving others, it, it actually is counterintuitive. It's a neat biblical value that... Um, the greatest among you will be the servant. So when you start to serve people, you grow influence. But you can't just do that if you have a job to do. If if I said, hey, go <laughs> clean the playland, and then I came up and you were, you know, cleaning. Playland is not clean. The playland is not clean and you're helping drive through. I'd be like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> you've got to do your job first and, and do, do it, well. it fast and do it well, and then help others. That's how you can gain influence in your spare time. But you've got to create spare time. So that's the first one. The second one, okay, this is a, an occasional thing. You don't want to do this all the time. But if you're in a position to where you have the choice of delegating something, what I like to do is if there are two jobs, say, take it to a person and say, hey, there are two jobs here. What would you like to do? And, you know, mop the floors or close down drive through you know. And they might say like, oh, I'd like to do the floors. Okay, cool. You do the floors, I'll do drive through It gives them the opportunity. Again, it's serving them, which puts you at a, at a place of authority when you allow yourself to serve them. If you do it all the time, you might get taken advantage of, you know? Hmm. If every time you're like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Eventually, they'll know you as the person that they can... Now they're bossing you around. Yeah, but occasionally... When you do that, you know, you show them that you show others that you care about them and that you're looking out for their interest. And that's what a good leader does. Yeah, absolutely. When you think, who's there for me? Oh, this guy. Yeah, I like working with them because they're always looking out for me. That's what good leaders do. So the third one is if you are grooming someone else and we have someone that like, man, this person just is, they're quiet and we can't get them to come out of their shell and lead. We put them in situations where they have to lead others. So in our business, bagging is one where they constantly have to... They've got to ask the kitchen, they have to communicate with the kitchen, they have to communicate with a lot of people. So that's a good position to force them to get out of their shell. Running breaks is another one. If you have to send everybody on breaks, then people get used to hearing you kind of boss them around. 
hey, go ahead and go on your break right now. We're putting people in a place where they can lead. So bagging, running breaks, uh, filling the positions board, you know, deciding who's going to do what today when you put them in that position. And they might be timid. They might, oh, I don't know who goes where. Well, you got to figure it out because this is what you're going to have to do if you want to be a leader, you know? And so they have to do that. They have to put people in and say, hey, this is where you're going to work. This is where you're going to work. That grows. It, it makes them feel more comfortable with bossing people around. And it lets everybody know, hey, this is a person that frequently bosses you around. So we're kind of simulating that before we put them in leadership. Today, I was talking with somebody who's making their way into leadership. I know, I mean, in our business, it's busy. It's go, go, go all the time. So I know that we've had like three leaders come in at a time and it's like, I want to make the board today. And so one of them gets the chance to do it because they can't like half the job. But they really do have to remember that there are opportunities to lead in any area in the business. So maybe they didn't make the board and they're only on window today. But kind of like you were saying before, they absolutely can stand out in any position that they are just depending on how they're influencing the people around them. Yeah, you can always empower somebody like, hey, this is your spot, but this person is going to be next to you. Can you make sure that you keep them in line? Yeah, for us, it's walk and talk or 30 seconds at the window, all those things. Like if you're the one enforcing those rules, there is always some way that you can prove that you care about the main thing in that position. The next one that I like to do is there are times where there are gaps in the mid shift. Like there's an opening leader and a closing leader and we go like, oh no, this there's like two hours where there's no lead and putting that person in that spot. It's a sink or swim situation. And that really, that's trial by fire. Yeah, trial, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And it toughens them up. And uh, the last one, and I actually did this with, this is on the checklist because of this person, which we'll call Stephanie, but that wasn't her name. <laughs> but there is a thing on our checklist currently, that is you have to write someone up, you have to discipline someone. And we put that on there because of her, because she had done everything. We had her bag, we had her do this, and we still didn't feel like she was you know, tough enough. And so we thought like, if we put her in leadership, like they're still gonna walk on her. We had to get her tougher. And so I said, we should have her you know, write someone up. And it was a challenge for her, but she did it. So eventually we said, that was a good experience. We should do that with everyone going into that key carrier, you know, level. And, you know, that's, you have to be careful with that because we have heard someone that. Someone who's not going to be a leader. Yeah. Writing someone up, you know, that's And not, they say it. <laughs> yeah. Especially we, we've had someone say like, I have to write someone up for my checklist. So I'm going to write you up or, you know, it's just like, the, that's not, that's not. <laughs> Those what ones it, are ones that aren't going to get promoted that's anytime not what soon. It wasn't meant for that. But uh, that's something that, uh, that we do to, to grow their influence quickly is put them in the tough situations and it's it is sink or swim i've heard coach up or coach out give them these big opportunities to either fail big or succeed big and that's a good way of growing influence anything else on that hannah uh, do you have currently any team members that you're working on any other things that you've done where you're like man we're really trying to stretch this person and get them out of their shell, kind of toughen them up, grow their like emotional maturity yeah. quickly. Well, I guess like for the timid people, um, I just had a conversation recently. I said, it's okay to brag about yourself for a second. What is something in the business that you're doing better than anybody else? And I had given, are you leading drive through? Are you our fastest order taker? Like, what do you do well? And so we just had talked through and she kind of thought, um, I'm not sure. And I said, like, it's okay to say you're good at this. The idea would be that like you are leading all of these things. When we go to point to you as a leader, we want to be able to put you on that pedestal and say, yeah, she does this and this and this better than anybody else in the business. Like look to her and copy it. So that was a big thing. Like, I guess, I mean, it's not always timid comes with humility necessarily, but a lot of times people who are kind of making their way into leadership and it's a little less natural for them, they're hesitant to take ownership of what they're like really good at. They put a lot of people ahead of them. Yeah. And absolutely. sometimes like being a leader 
is taking control of things and saying like, I'm good at this and I'm going to do it. And even just recognizing that in yourself, you have to realize it before you can make other people realize it. Along with that, we have had people that don't want to lead. We think that there could be good leaders and they just don't want to lead. And they say, I'll serve everybody. I will serve to the best of my ability. I just don't want to lead. And I've had that conversation with a lot of team members over the years where you can imagine you're in this emergency situation and all these people are trying to evacuate and you know the way out and nobody else does. No, I'm just here to serve. No, I'm just here to serve. And at some point, all these people are drowning and they're just looking for a leader. And you're like, oh, I'm here to serve. Sometimes the best way to serve is to lead. And they go like, oh, I never thought of it that way. You know this job better than all these people. And you say you're just here to serve them. The best way to serve is to say, let me show you where to go. Let me show you how to do it. They think that leaders mean disciplining and bossing people around and they don't want to do that. They have the characteristics of a great leader, which is great leader serve, right? <laughs> but it is it is important for, yeah, for even timid and, and just servant hearted people to know that like you can be leaders too. And sometimes serving others, like that's the best that's the best part of leadership. Well, let's move on to the other major thing that I have seen hold people back. And that is when you have people working against you. And this happens just because we're humans and we're flawed <laughs> and personalities, you know, even in our business where, you know, love works here. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it does happen. I just within the last year, sitting down with somebody who I thought was going to be a great leader. And she just said, as hard as I try, I can't get this person to like me. And she's in tears and well, have you tried this? I've tried everything, you know, and uh, it's tough. I mean, working with personalities. So do you see that? Not with me. Everybody loves working with me. No, just okay. kidding. <laughs> no, we've definitely seen that. And so just the way that our business is set up, it's kind of like the, at the end of the day, it really is a vote, kind of like yeah. survivor the leaders, or something. The leaders vote to bring people into, you know, into leadership. Groups. The reason leader. that we do that is because trust is so important that if all the leaders at the table don't feel like they can trust someone to be at that table. And I want, I want them to feel good. You all have to approve this person because they have to be your leader. It's not the leader I put in. Like you have to agree on this. So we do that. And it, you know, that could turn into situations that seems clicky. But in, in my opinion, like that trust is so important. We just talked about it the last episode. But yeah, we have, because of that, someone go like, you know, they, they keep voting against this person. I had talked about a great director that we have right now. Kept <laughs> getting told, oh, we don't think he's ready. We don't think he's ready. We don't think he's ready. And I had to tell him finally, like, you got some work to do. You know, in my Chick-fil-A story, this girl said, uh, so you think you're going to be a manager, huh? And I said, well, yeah, hopefully. And she said, yeah, we'll see about that. I thought she was kidding. But then I looked at her and I was like, oh, wow, she doesn't like me. She is not and kidding. she does not like the idea of me coming in and taking her spot. And she was already a manager. She was a manager. Yeah. And I think she was kind of intimidated by this. Who's this new guy? And was he going to come in here and take my job? She just did not want me to succeed. I realized like, man, I got, I got some work to do. So I worked with her and there was always little things that would happen where she was kind of pick at me. I'm not going to be able to, you know, become an operator because this person just has it out for me. Just a kind of background on this uh, on this girl. Uh, she was a single mom and she had you know kids to raise. And it was really difficult for her. There were days where the babysitter wouldn't be there and her son would come into the store at 8 a.m. and sit in the dining room until she got off at 2.30. So that's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? If I'm going to earn her trust, I need to figure out what she values and you know what our common ground is. And so I got to know her son just in working in the dining room. This kid, uh, he played his video games. I talked to him and Eventually, she realized that of all the managers we had, nobody cared about her kids except for me. The thing that she cared about most was something that I decided to invest my time and my energy into. And in the end, she never said this, but of all the people leading, Sean cares about my son and he's the one that I'd rather have lead me. 
So that's how you turn an enemy into an advocate. And I tell that story all the time to these kids who say like, oh, they're, everyone's against me. I said, the most important thing I can teach you is how to turn an enemy into an advocate because that is something that's going to hold you back. The fact is, and, and I always say this to these kids, no matter where you were, there will always be somebody who's trying to hold you back. <laughs> and there's some of these kids who will say, I'm out of here. And, and they'll quit the job. They'll go somewhere else and they'll find out, guess what? There's another person. It's just the world. <laughs> yeah, it is just the way it is, man. Especially if you're, uh, you know, somebody who wants to grow in leadership and, and, and do something, there's always going to be somebody who goes, wait, I want that position. And they're going to try to hold you back. So finding out who those people are and turning your enemies into advocates is, is so important. So the end of that story is eventually I did become one of the leaders in the store. And uh, to this day, out of all the people that I worked with in that store, she's the only one that I'm still connected with on Facebook and still friends with. Even when I post stuff about my kids, she likes it, she'll comment on it. And so we still have a connection to this day out of all those people. So it is, uh, it's, that is so, so important when trying to become a leader. Finding common ground is important. One of the last things that I'll, that I'll mention here is when when someone is like, how do you measure influence, right? That is by definition, the unseen flow of power. And so when someone's like, are they growing influence? Are they good or not? You know, how do you measure that? How do you know? How do you know when they're ready? And so a couple of questions that I will typically ask, well, so you have just in our organization, you have team member and then go advanced team member, and then they go to crew lead where they get a new uniform and the register key. Are they assistant managers? Yeah, you call them maybe assistant manager. And what I like to say is influence is measured Uh, not by your actions, but the actions of those around you. A lot of times it's natural to look at someone and say, oh, they work really hard. So yeah, they'll be a good leader. You know, oh, they're sweating or they're, you know, like everything they do, you know, they're working hard and they're they're always giving their best like that. They should be a great leader. And I said, hold on, tell me about the people that are around them. Now, if they're working really hard and every time they're on the shift, everyone works hard around them. Great. That's influence. But if they're working fast and everyone's messing around, because that can happen too. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're working really hard and everyone starts to slack off, they're doing all the work. That's not leadership. Uh, Influence is measured not by your actions, but those around you. So that's at the crew lead level. And then when we talk about like at the team lead level, the key carrier level, your openers and the closers, I like to test them this way. Influence is measured by how the team performs when you're on break. So yeah, that's great. You can lead, you're up there bagging, everything's running fine. And then you go on break and the whole place crashes. Well, guess what? That means that you need to do a better job at influencing the team. Saying, hey, I'm going to go on break. You kind of huddle everybody up and everybody has a job. Okay, I can relax now. I'm on my break and everything runs smooth. That's a great leader. Yeah, it's leading versus having to micromanage. Right. And then we have directors. Is somebody a good director? (laughs) Hannah's looking around. (laughs) Uh, But a a good director is measured by how the team performs on their day off. So yeah, you work five days a week and then you're one day off. Everything is horrible. That's not good. A good director empowers their team leads and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to take this day off. But the people here that are leading the shift, I have good you know, faith in these people and they're, they're going to do well. Uh, and then even from an operator level, just from my level, I can tell, I can measure my influence by how the team performs when I'm on vacation. I'm so to test this next week. <laughs> right. It's always a cool thing. It is always a cool thing when I'm you know away on vacation or I'm at the Chick-fil-A seminar and I look at the numbers and I go, oh my goodness, they just broke the record. And it happened when I was gone. Like that is really cool. Or they did, you know, their best, they had their biggest day and I wasn't even there. So that's always, for me, that's always a, a good sign that, that I'm influencing my 
my leaders well and that they're able to do their best when I'm not there. That's cool. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, what happened to Stephanie? Okay. When she finished her list, probably a year or so went by and eventually she came back to her list and she wanted to start it. She basically came to the point where we had a conversation and said, maybe leadership isn't for you. And that was it. It was really sad. And she's like, no, I understand. I understand. And can anyone lead? No. (laughs) (laughs) About a year or so later, we said like, you know, maybe she, you know, she's grown a lot. And so she picked up her list again. She finished it. And we said, you know, let's do it. And man, it was amazing. Just that uniform change. You know, that's something else that just the uniform change, people treat you differently. You know, we have to make sure that they actually are able to lead before, you know, before we make this decision. But we know that every time we give them that new uniform, it is a boost in influence just automatically. She was a good leader, you know, and she, <laughs> she led for a while and then eventually got married and started having kids and, and left the business. She's a stay at home mom now and she's awesome. And if you could give someone advice that was listening and they've kind of hit a wall, they're having a t- tough time becoming a leader, what would it be? I feel like I keep coming back to advice and maybe it's because you just said the word, but going to somebody above them and asking for feedback. Yeah. Like specific feedback. I feel like that's been kind of the thing in our business that I've seen be most beneficial to our young leaders is go up to somebody who leads you currently and ask them what advice do they have for me? Because one, they've seen you work and they actually really will be able to tell you what things you need to improve on as long as you're gracious and willing enough to hear it. Yeah. But also like they have also been where you are currently. You so, know, you know what else is a, like a leadership killer hmm. is when somebody is so fixated on being promoted. Oh, absolutely. And they don't put the full value on you are here to serve. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I, I don't, I don't know, like it, maybe that works well in other businesses, but in our business where it's, it's so much about serving people and putting people first when they come in and, and you can tell it's just all about that shirt or about the keys or about the status. Like it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb and it yeah, is a killer. It's hard to fake that part. No, it is. I, I mean, it's very obvious when, when someone comes in and they're just in it for the promotion. Like, so yeah, but we've definitely seen that in the restaurant where they say, you know, such this amount of time has passed and I'm not promoted and it's kind of tough because there's two different sides to that. Either one, your leaders aren't delivering the feedback that they need to be. So they're left genuinely questioning why I'm not being promoted, which is like on us and something we talk about when it comes to momentum in our business. But on the other side, it's like, no, we've delivered clear feedback. And at this point, you're just ignoring it. It's like, I told you why you're not promoted. You know, I need you to do this, this and this. But instead of focusing on changing those things during the shift, you are just like counting the days that are passing with you not being promoted and nothing's changing on the shifts. Just man, just come back to you here to serve people, find common ground with people build people up, make it about the people. And I mean, that is the, the key to great leadership. So anyway, well, thank you for listening. This anyway, a, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. If this is something that was of value to you, then uh, you can reach out to us if you have any questions or want to communicate with us. It is through our Instagram. Loveworks here. At Loveworks here. If you are listening through the Apple podcast app, please take a moment and review and write. But like always, go easy. Right. <laughs> write a review and uh, say something nice about Hannah. She could use that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe sound depressing. <laughs> She's had a tough month. It's been a long January. It's been a year. Uh, so anyway, please uh, review and, uh, and rate this podcast. That would be very helpful for us. Thank you for listening. This has been the Lovers Here podcast, episode 14. Anyone can lead. Take care of yourselves and be well. Bye guys. Mm-hmm.